You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the third Sunday after Pentecost, June 21st, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve disciples, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, in the 11 years that I've been with you at St. Thomas, You've heard me preach a lot of sermons. In each one of those sermons, I hope it's been clear that the first person I'm preaching to is me. That's right. I hope that I've never said a word to you that I didn't first need to hear myself. One of my great mentors in seminary said to me on more than one occasion, Watch your pronouns, Breckenridge. Meaning that whenever I had the pull to say you, like you should or you shouldn't do this or that. Perhaps I really ought to be saying I. I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't do that. You see what I mean? So this morning I'm going to make explicit what I hope has been implicit in my preaching among you. This morning I'm going to preach a sermon to me. Now, I'm sure going to invite you to come along, but I want to make it clear that the first person I'm talking to is me. So here we go. 
Our gospel readings last Sunday and today are all about what it means to be Jesus' disciple, about how hard and dangerous true discipleship is. Now, I can't tell you how hard discipleship is going to be for you without telling you how hard it is for me. There's never been a more urgent need for true discipleship than this moment we're living in. It's an apocalyptic moment. And remember that the term apocalypse means a revealing, an unveiling. The pandemic has made visible the fragility of our economy with its huge gaps between the wealthiest and the poorest among us. The racial injustice embedded in our culture that's crying out for healing and reconciliation. And the bitterness and rancor and division in our culture that have been with us far too long, but which are becoming ever more and more destructive. This moment really meets the definition of apocalyptic. So the question I'm putting to myself right now is, how shall I be a follower of Jesus now? today, in this apocalyptic moment. And to address that, I'm going to invite you to join me as I focus on three parts of this morning's gospel text, which, remember, is Jesus talking to his own followers in the midst of their own apocalyptic time about the cost of being his followers. <clears throat> First, Jesus says, the disciple, meaning the student, that's what a disciple is, is a student, needs to be like the teacher. So what does it mean to be like Jesus? Well, Jesus lets it be known right quick that he's not here to be a warm and fuzzy do-gooder. Do not think I've come to bring peace, but a sword, Jesus says this morning. The cost of real peace, true peace, might feel like a sword cutting through some of my conventional wisdom cutting through some of my assumptions about how to get along in the world. I mean, if Jesus was such an enlightened, affirming guy, shouldn't he have been able to stay out of trouble? I mean, why did people call him such nasty names? Why would being his follower wreck families? And if he was so well thought of, how did he end up on a cross? The answer is that his opponents... Had a, uh, had a lot of, the answer isn't that his opponents had a lot of strange and unpopular ideas. The answer is that Jesus had a lot of strange and unpopular ideas. It turns out that the kingdom of God that Jesus was talking about and living out was subversive and controversial. It was going to bring conflict and not phony peace. So being a follower means seeking the kingdom of God in a single-minded way and letting go of worrying about the consequences. You know, got to just let the chips fall where they may. Now, will I be able to seek the kingdom in these times without worrying about the consequences and just letting the chips fall where they may? Well, we'll see, I guess. But that's the way it'll have to be if I'm to be a true follower of Jesus. The second part of the gospel text I need to focus on as I figure out how to be a real follower of Jesus in these days is whether to be afraid or not to be afraid. And the text's a little ambiguous about that. 
On the one hand, as in so many other places in Scripture, Jesus tells his followers not to be afraid. Be brave. Have courage. Stand strong. You're worth more than, uh, than uh, all the sparrows. If I'm going to bring the sword, I better realize I'm going to be opposed. So the strength of my convictions needs to be able to stand that kind of intimidation. On the other hand, I better fear God too. If the words I speak and the actions I take, even if they're nice and kind and uncontroversial, if those are really words and actions that deny the kingdom, well, that means I lose my advocate before the Father. So God's claim on my life is a comfort in the face of the dangers of working for the kingdom. But that claim is complete. It's total. You know, I read recently something that really resonates with me from a biblical scholar. He says that proper fear of God always manifests itself in the world of human affairs as fearlessness. So here's a case where fear is actually healthy. The third piece of the gospel text that I need to hear is what seems like Jesus' strange antipathy towards families. I mean, not just here, but in other places in the gospels, Jesus speaks as if families get in the way of being a father. And Jesus is often seen to be in conflict with his own family. Now, we should know that the first hearers of the gospel often faced immense family pressure to reject Jesus. He was, after all, countercultural. He seemed to be a dangerous opponent of the established order and the established religion. You know, we can well imagine that the most loving mother and father might be admonishing their son or daughter not to be led astray by this radical. Undoubtedly, lots of family bridges were burned by Jesus' earliest followers. Now, I'm really fortunate, and, and I hope you are too, to have an immediate family that approves of me being a follower of Jesus, and who each, in their own way, are also working to be followers of Jesus. But what other institutional loyalties might get in the way of my being a follower? How can I make sure that the kingdom of God is my first priority? Well, it's a call for me to examine my attachments. You know, the things that, that uh, are so important to me. I mean, you've heard me quote another old teacher of mine who says, tell me what the most important thing in your life is, and I'll tell you who your God is. Is my family the most important thing in my life? Well, I might have to honestly answer yes. Is that a barrier to me being a fully committed follower? Well, I'm quite sure it is on a lot of occasions. So the work for me is to know that being a fully committed follower of Jesus actually strengthens the bonds of family and kinship. And my work is also to make sure that the bonds of family and kinship don't weaken my commitment to being a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> So in these days and weeks and months to come, as I live and work in this apocalyptic time, 
My hope is to live and work fearlessly. Fearlessly following Jesus. Fearlessly following where the Holy Spirit leads me. And as we work through what has been revealed and unveiled in this apocalyptic moment, the Spirit is for sure going to lead me into places that are uncomfortable. You know the gospel that Jesus came to proclaim, the kingdom of God He came to bear witness to, is just as radical and controversial and unsettled in 2020 in the United States of America as it was in occupied Palestine in 30 AD. So as I continue to discern what it means for me to be a follower, that's going to invite discernment about what it means to be a follower who's also a priest in the rector of St. Thomas, which I hope will invite us all into discernment about what it means for us as a Christian community to follow Jesus in such troubled times. One of our very faithful vestry members remarked in our last vestry meeting on Tuesday when we began a conversation exploring all of this. He said, it's complicated. Well, yes, indeed it is. It's very complicated. Yet at the same time, there's a beautiful simplicity about it. We simply keep ever before us the words of the prophet Micah. And remember he said this, What does the Lord require of us but to do justice, to love mercy and kindness, and to walk humbly before God? It's the work of the gospel of Jesus. It's the work of the kingdom of God. And I pray that I and all of you and all of us will be wise enough and fearless enough to begin, to begin the work of justice, to love mercy and kindness with all our hearts, and to always, always walk humbly before God. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedinamedina.org. That's a www.stthomasmedina.org.